Sam Spence is the guy who makes all the music, almost all the music that you love if you've seen all that old NFL film stuff. And then it's either John Facenda saying something like, there are 27 teams in pro football. And then... <laughs> all the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, it's the grand, like I, I, every time I hear it, I run through a wall. Like I'm yeah. uh, like, I'm the Kool-Aid man and I'm going nowhere, but it gets me enthused. And um, yeah, that, that stuff's the best. By the way, if there are no fans in the stands for football games this autumn, maybe they should just play NFL films music in throughout. the background. Maybe that's it. You nailed it. It's a crazy time and we're all doing what we have to do to get through it. Two big things for me, this podcast, and we've had a ton of interesting guests of late, which has been great. And then hiking, uh, which I love doing. Like to get outside, nice place to be where there's not a, a ton of people. There's a ton of good hikes in Virginia. I've been hitting the trails a lot and uh, that's in large part due to Allbirds. They are uh, the new sponsor of the Greenlight Podcast and I'm wearing a pair of these shoes uh, right now beige tree dashers they sent me uh they're great they're lightweight they're tough and they have to be because believe me i can uh, put a hurting on an athletic shoe I, I could zion williamson a shoe on the trail and these things stand up all birds also walks the walk when it comes to the environment so my tree dashers are made of all natural materials like merino wool eucalyptus fiber and sugarcane and they look good Really thrilled to welcome Allbirds to the Greenlight Pod. Go check them out at allbirds.com, the tree dashers. So joining me now to, to do one of my favorite things, uh, which is talk music forever. You know, like just in circles, I could talk music. Uh, and I know, I know this guy can do the same, Dave Damashek. Okay, so what we're doing here today uh, with me and my, my buddy Dave, who is perfect for this exercise, we're talking about music. I love to talk about music, but this is a different twist. This is something that we kind of stumbled into. Dave and myself in, in my mentions thinking about, uh, I forget what we were talking about, Dave. Do you remember? Yes. In fact, Bomani Jones was talking about music um, and you weighed in. He, he said something about the Eagles. Uh-huh. It's the Eagles. Exactly. And and you said I usually leave the Eagles wherever I find them. And you said, although I do like Hotel California. Yes. That's a side note. You ever heard that the that's a cursed song? You're not supposed to listen to it at night. You're an Angelino native. Uh, you're an Angelino native. You ever hear that one? Really? I've heard. I don't know. I never. I should. Uh, I guess I'm not inquisitive enough. I've never actually. The hairs on my neck are standing up because listen. And this is no dis disrespect to the the Eagles. Uh, you know, my producer here, Cowboy Reed, loves the Eagles. I come to find out in our group text, I start, I start firing. I'm like, guys, I got this idea for a segment. It's called System Bands. The Eagles for me are just there's only one functionality uh, to the Eagles for me, and and we'll get into that in a little bit. But the whole concept of system bands, like system players in, in pro sports, are if they're on the more systemy side of the spectrum, they really need that one you know, functionality, that one setting, that climate, that, that place, that time to unlock their potential. And that's not necessarily a slight. It will be for some of these bands. But I put it in my group text. I go, 
this segment's killer. I don't know if anybody else likes it, but I really like it. And I think Dave might like it because we were talking about it. The Eagles are the perfect system band. And Cowboy reads like the Eagles are one of my mo- favorite bands. I listened to it with my dad growing up all the time. I'm like, well, shit. I don't mean. Yeah, dis- well, no. Well, first of all, yes. Just to color it in a little bit. Yeah. You could call. I mean, there are only so many Russell Wilsons, so many John Elways in the world, so many Michael Jordans who can thrive in spite of whatever's around them. No matter what their um, uh, immediate surroundings, they're going to do well. Kirk Cousins is a system QB. Yes. Most bands, as you start to dig into it, are even if you love them, it's not. I'm not impugning anybody's taste in music, including my own. I consider some of the bands that I like to be ultimately cis. I just had never considered the notion of time and place means so much to most every band you can think of. And I always denounced the Eagles. I always thought, what kind of, I don't get that like soft seventies rock. It just ain't for me. I don't like Steve Miller. I don't know if they're in the same echelon, but I'm not a Steve Miller guy like that kind of, you know what it was for me when I was a kid, I used to listen to the radio a lot you know, like any kid, FM radio, and I listen to classic rock. So I was just inundated with so much Steve Miller band, so much Eagles. And by the way, it, it's not like I think the Eagles are bad, just objectively, um, they could use the right system. And and Hotel California is one song, Desperado, another song, but mainly Hotel, Hotel California is a banger. That's an any system uh, song for me. I think I think take it to the limit. I like the the heart, but it never resonated for me until yeah. It's funny because you mentioned the Eagles, and then I was thinking just in the last year and a half or two, our mutual pal, I think Adam Carolla, was was disparaging the Eagles too. And I said, you know, I've kind of had a a, a, I I a turn them. on. I said, well, I, but I've kind of turned around on on them a little bit because if you happen to be in the car or otherwise or sitting in a bar and the right Eagle song comes on in Southern California at the golden hour. It's as though it was made specifically as the backdrop, as the, as the uh, audio backdrop for that situation. And it, and it hits and you know, maybe it's chicken or the egg. Like maybe the Eagles made that music because they were in Los Angeles and that's what came out of them. That's yes. a that's another debate, but either way, yeah, the Eagles make much more sense to me as a transplanted Angelino when I'm out in Malibu at the beach on a weekend and I'm finishing things off with a with a beer in hand. You mentioned it, the chicken or the egg thing. Okay, so like I think Bonnie Vare, like uh, Justin, has made albums where he just locks himself in the woods, and when I'm listening, I literally feel like I'm in the woods. I have to be in the woods to hear that music. Is it? Your surroundings where you're where, where you're cultivating the art, maybe that matters and that's what people pick up on. Or is it something that's inherently individualized to the listener? I, I don't know. I think I think it's probably a little bit of both sometimes. Yeah, I hear you. And 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 just to make sure that as we jump in on the specifics here, I think it's worth uh pointing out there is stuff that is like maybe it's the beginner's level uh of the game that we're playing here, but I feel like, you know. Mood music, it, like there's certain mood music and everybody gets it. Like Barry White exists. He's sort of uh, the go-to people that people reference for like- or powerlifting. When yeah, when it's time to go between the sheets, right. That, that, <laughs> yeah, or, or, or Charlie Mangus. Like these are, these are, these are soundtracks to, to what happens uh, in the bedroom. Um, and then there's, you know, 
happy music, like Jimmy Buffett. I'm not a Jimmy Buffett guy, but I mean, to me, it feels like from the outside looking in, the only purpose is to go out and drink beer in summer and go to a concert and check them out. I can't imagine. I'm not a, I'm not a Buffett guy, period, but I, I can't imagine even people who love Jimmy Buffett are like, uh, Have you ever are, seen are anybody dig- listen to Jimmy Buffett in the cold? Right, exactly. That's that's the heart of what we're getting at here. Jimmy's on my system list, and and that's a little mm-hmm. bit of a tease. But I I think it, it, it's not necessarily it's not a slight necessarily. It's um, we like some of this music, but there are some system bands, and there's a spectrum. So you know, we'll get into a couple that are kind of fringy, but they're definitely the the experience of of digesting that art is enhanced by the right system, just like players. We talked about that. I mean, it's a great analogy, and I think it works if you think of it within the NFL framework. Okay, so system bands. We, I'll start with the Eagles because that's uh, kind of what, what spawned this idea in my head was uh, I just think about the Eagles, and again, they're, they're really unremarkable to me, although respect, respectable for sure. If I am outside out west, this is the system. And you mentioned it in California, but I'm thinking a little bit more like deserty, like painted desert, mm. Montana, that sort of thing. It's an evening out west at an indoor outdoor bar. Uh, it's got to be indoor outdoor, outdoor. The flexibility here, though, is that it could be a dive bar or like a really nice bar with boomers sitting underneath um, mm. the, those really nice, expensive heat towers, the flaming heat towers. <laughs> like, They've got some bangers. That's where I would say that system uh, suits the Eagles the best. Out West, indoor, outdoor bar. I, uh, boy, very specific. I appreciate it. The, um, yeah, <laughs> down to the heat lamps. The, um, yeah, that's right. I, I think it's also interesting to consider, much like you might a league average NFL quarterback, that like, okay, yeah, but he's surrounded by all this talent. What if you took him and put him on the, the worst team? The Eagles for me do absolutely nothing. If I'm in Pittsburgh or if it's, or if I'm somewhere in winter or it's nighttime, they are for me like a two out of 10. But if you catch me, like I say, driving down PCH as the sun's going down and I'm driving north um, to, to the 10 freeway to, to head back home, um, or I'm sitting there in Malibu with a beer in hand, a plastic cup, if you please. Uh, that suits the the vibe a little bit too. The golden hour, by the way, for anybody unawares, is what you see in Oakland Raiders or San Francisco 49ers game Beautiful. in the second half when the sun's going down like that. That it's the reason they shoot movies or why they started to shoot movies in the first place in Los Angeles is because of the so-called perfect lighting, the golden hour light. And the Eagles suit that perfectly for me and i will listen to them without complaint except uh, unless i am not in that exact setting then i will complain if they're the if they're kirk cousins pch is the uh is the play action pass i mean it's 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 a great analogy uh they can be certainly elite but uh the right things have to be going on around them and the car the the convertible is dalvin cook is that right i I, yeah the convertible is dalvin cook the convertible is dalvin cook and then Justin Jefferson might be, uh, uh, you know, a, a Pacifico. <laughs> we'll see. See, yeah. I look at your your glasses half full with uh, with, <laughs> with with him. See, he's a, uh, that's very good. That's well done. I do like Justin Jefferson. All right, so so give me uh, give me one. We both start with the Eagles. I'll go the I'll go the other way from this, and I will go with Radiohead, who is in 
my top 10 favorite bands, some of their records. OK Computer, were I to cobble together my top 10 favorite albums, period, um, OK Computer would be in it. But it does have the asterisk, which is like, I don't find myself listening to OK Computer in Los Angeles. I, you know, it's, it's a very particular weather and it's It's obviously, as you know, it's temperate. Yeah. It's moody. This okay. Computer is perfect in late February and it's, and it's, uh, it's seven degrees and you're in some hipster bar on the outskirts, the, the more vaguely dangerous, uh, sections of the North side of Chicago. And, Mm -hmm. and that whole album comes on the jukebox because the hipster bartender has access to the jukebox that night, and he's playing his favorite for you. Is the hipster forty five? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He's oh, he's, no, he's not. A little, oh, he's a little old to be hanging on doing the hipster thing. Yeah, but you know what, man? He he could go. He could go corporate. TGIF has called him more than once, but dude, he gets <laughs> he gets his run of the bar. You know, he's like a king back there, dude. He yeah, he's the, he's the he's the wiser, older guy. Kid A, Kid A, that goes for times 10. Kid A is as distinct an album that I guess would be classified as, uh, as, you know, broader rock music. I don't know exactly how it's more like a movie soundtrack, but either way, that one, talk about a particular record that, (laughs) that definitely requires a place and time. Kid A is that. This just in from, uh, from Cowboy Reed via Mm. the uh, hotline here. People think uh, Hotel California has satanic meanings. Well, that makes sense with the uh, the call to action to avoid listening to it after dark. Well, yeah, that, that yeah, that jibes with what we're saying. It is weird, though. More specific to you, um, you see the irony in you wearing a Super Bowl ring, or I, I hope you don't actually wear the Super Bowl ring. It looks very strange. No, I don't. I like honestly, sometimes it scares me. It takes five seconds for me to realize where they are. It's as big as your head. I, I, I listen. I come down on all those guys evenly. Any, yeah. any, play, any Super Bowl guy. I'm like, what are you wearing that thing? For? Listen, I would rather lose my Super Bowl ring than my Super Bowl confetti that I scooped up after each one. You got some of that. I got some of that too. Uh, the, yeah. the, I got, I got some green and white uh, confetti. Yeah, um, sitting downstairs, and I don't even like the Eagles. Yeah, well, we got, I, got I like. It right here. I always know where it is. That's weird. I wonder if I like the Philadelphia Eagles or the Eagle Eagles better. I don't know which, but it's weird that you don't like the band name Eagles. Yeah, you know? I know. It's weird. Somebody could, somebody could pluck this whole segment and be like, Chris and Dave hate the Eagles. <laughs> Dave drag Chris and talk. <laughs> but yeah, I could I could see satanic because I, I, I uh, you know, they stab it with their knives and they can't kill the beast. It sounds like there's a seance going on and like you got to find it. It's in the back of some gothic looking hotel in California where weird shit happens. Somehow you guys got a lot of haunted places in that state. Dave, Radiohead for me is a band that I'm really trying to force getting into. So if Mm. you can make me a playlist, I mean, like, I know I think I I would like them, but there's something about them that I'm just trying to feel my way out on. I hear you. I hear you. All right. I'll, uh, I'll get cracking on that one. What's your next one? Uh, give me, give me Kenny Loggins. Okay. He's the king of soundtracks. It took me a second to put this together, but Kenny Loggins just made fucking songs for movies. I mean, it was obviously Caddyshack, which I knew, uh, Footloose. Uh, but I didn't realize that he did the Top Gun song too. Oh yeah. That might, that, that might be his best. I went to, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like it, it, Kenny Loggins for me, 
that's not really my type of music. I know it's 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 very 80s and it's almost like he, all, he also can I. Well, right. But I think he also I might be mistaken about this, but in the famed uh, volleyball scene, when they get all lathered up shirtless, the the four hunks, one hunkier than the next when they play the volleyball game against Iceman, yeah. Iceman, and the and- other guy. I think I think the um, the soundtrack to to that scene is uh, Kenny Loggins <laughs> singing uh, playing with the boys. Yeah, for me, Kenny Loggins. So you got next. I will go with, I guess, fairly obvious here um, and also kind of what we're getting at here. I think there are major divisions to make cold versus warm night versus day some bands don't play when the sun is shining other bands don't really make sense when the sun goes down i think the quintessential one that's a little bit too obvious i was surprised when i was about like 35 and i saw like the 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 frat kids like the the popular college kids um (laughs) really into jack johnson and that was another one i was like this like what kind of sound is this that that that, wait the cool kids are this is what they're into what and again if you're at the beach and you're not just on a college campus but you're at usc before the trojans play someone they're about to beat up uh beat up on with reggie bush and matt leinert and company and they're playing that it's like Oh, I guess I see the yeah. atmosphere that this works. I, in I, here. I, I, Jack Johnson to me is is listen. I really liked Jack Johnson when I was in high school, but I for me to continue a a, a lifelong appreciation for Jack Johnson, his music would have had to change a little bit. Well, yeah, and and I'll say in a bigger way that you know, again, talk about favorite albums of all time. In my top five would or top three would be Eat a Peach, but. And, and, you know, Bob Marley yeah. and, uh, and, you know, I used to go, I used to love to go to, um, see the dead in summertime at an outdoor venue and sit on the grass and, um, and, you know, perfect, uh, July night and, you know, be out in the parking lot all day and your sun goes down over drums and all that kind of stuff. But again, none of those bands eat a peach is, is a spectacular record, but it also is just not one that ever was broken out for me, you know, driving around, uh, at night, not, you know, not, uh, I could not listen at a tailgate, to, not to I anything. Could, I could listen anytime to eat a peach. And by the way, what's your favorite song on eat a peach or give me your favorite three. Uh, blue sky. Uh, yeah. Melissa, um, leave your mind alone and just I get lo- high i love i love i love melissa sweet i love sweet melissa's i always thought it was called sweet melissa I, well i forget sometimes it's just melissa but ain't wasting time no more is my favorite oh so, that's a great what's yeah. the i'm so i i i really am of the age that uh, grew up on cds where you just where you don't know the names of songs you just, you just know the order just, just like <laughs> and i'm in the age where you don't know the album with some of the older uh, yeah like if somebody asked me what's my favorite waylon jennings album i'm like ah uh, i don't know the one with this song on it like you know i and yeah it's, it works the opposite for older dudes i think that um the uh but the instrumental, the uh, acoustic guitar instrumental towards the back of Eat a Peach is uh, is as Mountain lovely. Jam. Not no, not Mountain Jam. The the brief two minute uh, little, little Martha. Little Martha. There you go. 
Um, that's about as lovely a chunk of music that um, is hard to not make you feel more positive about the human condition and uh, the planet Earth and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you're like, why is it two minutes? Yeah. Dun, 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 it just ends in a really it ends on a really positive note to your point so i think that's a great i i i i like the album in any weather you mentioned bob marley that's that's a good one i mean that i could see that i i had buddies in my group text that were like bob marley is a system band or bob marley and the whalers are a system band i tend to disagree because i think what saves them i think no woman no cries moody enough to be rainy day music it's nighttime music I think uh, Could You Be Loved could play anywhere, anytime, any nightclub, anything. I guess you're right. Yeah, that's that's true. Although, again, like I, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, has I have I ever kind of been in the mood? Have I ever gone to Bob Marley in the last five to ten years at night? I, I'll tell you what it is fun for. What, what it's great for, I'm finding with uh, with the five and three year old, is Marley plays great with the. Uh, with the toddler, yeah. with the yeah. tog- toddler demo. Yeah, that's really, that's actually very true. They really do like Bob Marley. They also, they also love uh, Baby Beluga, Rafi, Rafi, Rafi. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's made for the, for the toddler. I, I know. He, Marley- he, I, I, I was like, should I be an asshole and say uh, Rafi's a system? <laughs> no, but actually I think one guy that, that, that supposed to be a system act is Rafi. Or, or and and I could listen to a couple of his songs on the back porch. I swear he's got a couple that are made for everybody. Well, listen, I say I look at you. See, not not applying labels in advance, uh, keeping your mind open to the sounds. That's the point. I've been accused by I'm I'm uh, plainly not a hipster, but I've been accused by others of aspiring. I'm not going to name names here, but uh, there I know a couple of people who are big, unironic Huey Lewis and the News fans. Like, I mean, that's their favorite band, and they drive around in the car listening to him when no one's there. And I always say, that's the measure. If you like that, then listen to whatever you want. Who am right. I to dictate to you? Right. But the idea that anybody, including me, is is listening to um, Lonesome Crowded West by, um, by Modest Mouse because um, I want people to think I'm hip mm-hmm. is, is a pretty big reach. Like, if I'm alone, who am I impressing? Other than, am I am I trying to trick myself by thinking, convincing myself I'm hip? Right. You know, the, the the true test is: can you sit there at night and and just listen to it working or whatever? You mentioned Modest Mouse. There's only one Modest Mouse song that I really know mm-hmm. uh, or like, for that matter. Is that the, what's the most popular Modest Mouse song? It's uh. Well, see, now I will be hip because their breakout song that made them their big pop hit was um, Float On, right? Float On's the one I like. It's a good song, but a lot of the hipsters will tell you, they, they went for um, for big success there. That's the, that's the thing. You gotta like, it's, it, it's like people like to be in a group that discovered something or be one of the few, yeah. the select few to get it before anybody else. And then once it becomes mainstream, then, then it no longer is cool. But, um, but, you know, I would advise Lonesome Crowded West and um, one of the best names for an album ever by, Mod- uh, by anybody, but Modest Mouse has a great one called um, This is a Long Drive for Someone with Nothing to Think About. Um, and it's, it's, not just a, it's not just a great name. I mean, radio, a lot radio, of that. Radio people in 96 were like, God, I got to say this whole fucking album name every time. Well, you got- I'm big on like, I'm big on 
perfect from now on by built to spill built to spill is one of my very favorites it's very sort of of a time and place mid 90s kind of uh you know skews uh to to my demo i guess so my next system band is uh is uh okay this is uh, this is gonna hurt some people's feelings. Probably none of the, the 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 demo of my podcast, but the Beach Boys to me, they're a system hmm. band uh, on steroids. I mean, they're they're literally old car museums and like a sonic drive-through. That's it. You know, like just that kind of ambient noise when you pay five dollars to come in and look at a bunch of stuff you could buy at an antique store, like a shitty antique store on a roadside on Route sixty six. That's the ambient noise. The Beach Boys. I cannot stand the Beach Boys. Give me Chris Isaac uh, way, way before the Beach Boys. Yeah, I mean, again, that's, I guess I would describe them a little bit like I would uh, Eagles music, which is like, yeah, I, I have, I'm much more tolerant and, and, and get it much better in Southern California. But I'm with you. It's kind of like people, people swoon over um sonically what they did and the experimenting on there. But again, it's a little bit like football uniforms, I guess on some level. It's like, I don't need a whole backstory on why this is great. Like I never got into rush as a, for instance, like you don't understand, like math rock to me kind of goes against the whole point of it. It's supposed to hit you in the gut and heart. I don't need, I I don't need the thinking man's music necessarily. You know, I no, thought, and, and if it's not speaking to you automatically, there's no use slowing people down to like the music that you like. I mean, there's no use being like, listen harder or, you know, like I could see like if there's something where you're trying to convince me of a band, you throw together a 10 song playlist, the essentials that might appeal to me. But if I've really got a squint, I'm not going to see it. So, yeah, for me, the Beach Boys, uh, I also want to throw in uh, Jimmy Buffett, who we talked about earlier. Just the beach. I agree. Not every beach. I think mostly Gulf side beaches in mm. Florida. Mm. So like if Jimmy is, is, is <laughs> he's the key. I completely get what you mean by that too. Yeah. Because I feel like more of the older dudes are going to hang out in the Gulf that want to just be in sandals. Like they're not listening to Jimmy Buffett in uh, what's that really expensive town in, in Florida on the, on the coastal side, but they're not listening to Jimmy Buffett for sure in Miami and work your way up the Atlantic side of that state. Uh, you're not seeing a lot of Tommy Bahama dudes. Um, I, I think, I think. Listen, the song Five O'clock Somewhere," Alan Jackson, Jimmy, is a banger, certifiable banger, and I don't dislike his music. I want. I once went to a Jimmy Buffett concert with uh, Jeff Fisher, the Jeff Fisher. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah, we uh, we bought we we just we, the two of you. No, we uh, Dave McGinnis was there as well. If you know oh, Dave good. McGinnis, who's all-time classic. Uh, at this point in his career, he was he he had a pretty good gig with the Rams, but he was a head coach in the in. in sure, the I remember him with the Cardinals. We brought a couple guys on the D line who, let's just say, had never heard Jimmy Buffett before, and they were just shocked. It was almost an, a religious experience of old white dudes with these flower shirts. It was like a, 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 a you know, like there's some magnet that drew them there from a hundred miles wide in every direction, but. I think Jimmy, I agree, is an obvious system. I think that I think the clear distinction to be made, like it's not just age based. I think if you're somebody who's like, what's the summer lineup coming through town? Like, oh, Jimmy Buffett, that the people who vibe to that are people who like their beer. Mm-hmm. And then the dead are people who are want to burn tree or yep. 
or drop something. That's the the clear drop line something. of distinction. <laughs> yeah. I remember I I once went and saw a, a double bill. I've seen so many crazy. Well, that's a we can have that uh, at another time. But the three kind of we I, I once saw the Woo open up for the Allman Brothers. I once saw um, Smashing Pumpkins open up for Nirvana. Wow. On the In Utero tour. Um, and the, the, the best serendipity ever, I went to a little place right in the shadow, literally in the shadow of Wrigley Field. And uh, I went there to see um, De La Soul. Mm-hmm. And opening for them um, was Fishbone. I don't know if you've ever, and this was the early 90s, right before things imploded for Fishbone. If you've never, I, I, I hear tell that they're still awesome live. They are really at the very top of the best live shows I've ever seen in my Fishbone. life. Fishbone. Blew me away. Yeah, they were uh, spectacular. Now I'm getting, uh, anyway, I don't know. What, what I'm getting here is Bonefish Grill. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting Fishbones was a seafood restaurant in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, Fishbone has got to do a better job of, of, of uh, placing an electron. Oh, real hard. Like what they play, their records are weird, like kind of. They're not punk exactly. They're kind of like, they almost have like a metal kind of thing to them. But when you see them live, they just play real hard funk music. Like Got real it. hard. And it's, and it's uh, marvelous in person. But um, I'll go with, uh, I was also going to say, I'll throw one in since we were talking about the daytime. I like Bell and Sebastian. I hope that's not too off the, uh, too out of the mainstream. For Listen, me. I had never listened to them. I'd heard of them and I went and listened to them today. I don't have a lot of interest in continuing to do that, but you did say it was a daytime thing. I like them specifically in on a weekend morning where well, every day is a weekend now, but on a weekend morning, like Saturday morning, you put Bell and Sebastian on while you're making omelets or, uh, or whatever for the kids when you're making up the breakfast for them. It's delightful accompanying music for it, but uh, specific to driving. Cause I keep mentioning that I will say the white stripes, smashing pumpkins, Nirvana to some degree, Rage, Ramones. You're seeing a, a pattern here in sounds. The Pixies, yeah. these all suit driving. And then there's a, a subsection to that, driving at night. Then you go Fugazi, Stiff Little Fingers, The Misfits, and so on. This is funny because you, 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 you sent me a couple of these for driving, and I started thinking about what my – and there's truly – there's music you drive to in the daytime, and there's music you drive to at night. And these bands, to me, that I'm going to mention – are certainly not system bands, but there's one album that matches the contents visually of the cover of the album perfectly with the functionality, and that's Yield by Pearl Jam. Long, ah. long daytime road trip. You know, I'm talking about just like it looks through Colorado, Nebraska, one of those things. Uh, you've got Faithful, Given to Fly, Evolution, In Hiding. Which is, they're all bangers. Uh, and by the way, um, Purple by Stone Temple Pilots, again, interstate love song. Coincidence, chicken or the egg? I don't know if it planted the, the seed in my head, but I can remember when my dad was doing Firestorm, swear to God, which is a <laughs> classic movie. You don't have to uh, tell me. I <laughs> don't have to tell anybody, really. My dad, we- What they named that puck, that flying puck after. <laughs> is that what they named it after? No, no, I don't know. Well, you sent me a picture. Did you send me a picture the other day of Christian Slater? Kicking my dad out of a train. I did, yeah. That was in Broken Arrow. Yeah. Firestorm was the one where he got even, and he was the protagonist, and he got to actually live till the end. So, <laughs> so we vacation to Montana and drive across the state. When Montana, 
uh, latitude wise is about 12 hours wide. Uh, so I just remember all we had was that Stone Temple Pilots uh, al- album, Purple. And, uh, and, and we just, we just big, empty interstate love song road roadhouse blues by the doors is a mm-hmm. great driving song for the beginning of your trip. You I know, like the doors as a, a, the doors. Uh, that's a, that's a great point. That is great road trip in music. And I know it's, it's not cool to like the doors because Jim Morrison, not? a lot of people are down on them because they find Jim Morrison to be pretentious and cheesy a little bit but it's like well couldn't you tag a lot of front men with that yeah all of them it requires a certain kind of personality and a um a a self-belief and confidence that i don't possess but so so i find them all on some level kind of unlikable but yeah that's uh, the doors what can you say i guess you could say this about terrible bands too but i think it's worth something about the doors in their favor that three seconds in to any song, you know, it's the doors. Isn't that, yeah. I mean, that's got to, that's got to, it's like, it's also true of the Grateful Dead. You can tell that's Jerry Garcia playing the guitar. That has to matter a little bit. Bong, 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 bong. <laughs> Boy, know, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The beginning of Fire on the Mountain is just like, okay, it's, uh, this is the dead and this is what, I don't want to offend any deadheads because I do like the dead. I actually have a Grateful Dead t shirt on. But I'm one of those casual deadhead that, you know, I'm not a deadhead, but I had this argument with somebody else that you can be a casual dead fan. You don't have to be a dead head per se. I, I, I don't want to offend deadheads or anybody else. But like I say, generally speaking, zealots ruin everything. Freddie King, the, uh, the, the, the eastbound and down theme, uh, if you remember that, that theme, Freddie King going down, that's a great one. And then if, I'm, if it's nighttime, uh, give me... Some Texas Flood, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm, yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Give me some uh, The Duke by Blind Melons, one of my favorite songs. Any, you know, Blind Melon at Night for some reason for me. I mean, that's, that's mm. one that's off the wall. And then, uh, and then um, give me some uh, Pink Floyd at night. I, I know that, you know, I'm talking about driving at night. There's, there's uh, Shine On, Crazy Diamonds, one of my favorite songs of all time. And uh, there's a definite, passenger situation where there was something dropped and there was a long road trip at night uh to harken back to your earlier reference and uh this was a religious experience for me i've i've had some of those religious experiences and pink floyd um i agree with you beyond just that i would say specifically animals and dark side of the moon I just can't imagine that that those would resonate if it was, you know, if it was one thirty in the afternoon and you were eating a sandwich. I just, no. just see it's, it's and it's not just as a matter of fact, it's not even um, it's not even quarter after nine in the evening. It, it like dark side of the moon and animals put those on around one thirty. So some of the lightweights have gone off to bed, but you're you're hanging in and you're going to talk. You're going to hang Pink in. Floyd, if you're going to see Pink Floyd live, that you definitely figure with their light shows, their pyrotechnics, you're going to see them at night. But it's funny cuz you mentioned the Pink Pink Floyd thing at night, which got me thinking about my little driving experience, but Dark Side of the Moon for me, I really started jamming to it really hard in the daytime for the hmm. first time in my life. So for me, any color you like, which I could see how any color you like would be a uh, would be a nighttime song. You know, the, it's just I feel like it's being played underwater in some neon fish tank. But like I listen to it in the daytime, and for me, um, 
animals is is ambiguous. So I I, I don't know. Okay, well that I that would be how I find them. I'll go with an album for you. It's uh, again. This is this is the nuance of what we're doing. That's uh, that's why this is important work we're doing. These are not. This is not marginalizing any album because definitely in my top five albums of all time is Physical Graffiti, and yet I don't. I, over thirty years since I discovered that record, at least thirty years, I can't recall too many times where I was listening to it in the day. But I can I can summon many many occasions of listening to it at night. So it's funny you mentioned that to me before, and uh, I was kind of surprised because, and by the way, also one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, I also think it's even underrated within the Led Zeppelin category. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that, that that's almost certainly true. But also, so is three, and those are my two favorites. Three is your two. No your other favorite? Uh, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> This is the tough exercise, but I, I would say, you know, like I mentioned this cashmere for me could be a daytime one. And, you know, in the light is is a nighttime. It's it's nighttime. It's one of my favorite songs, period of all time. But down by the seaside is definitely a daytime song for me. So maybe maybe you're vibing to the literal again, to the to the, the lead. And it makes yeah. you feel like, yeah, yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. No, no doubt about it. Uh, system. I'm going to go. Uh, Kid Rock. Okay. Kid Rock is a system act. And uh, listen, he's on the spectrum of being really systemy. I think he's talented, despite a lot of, you know, my disdain for some of his music and his views. Uh, he's Caucasian summertime activities on a man made lake. It has to be a man made lake. It can't be. <laughs> Kid Rock cannot be blasted on a natural glacial water fed lake. Right, yes, where you where where you're absorbing the enormous beauty of the big blue marble. Like yeah. that's not when you're listening to Kid Rock. It's like when no. they're pontoon boats and uh, maybe some uh, pony kegs and Lake of the yeah. Ozarks. Right, uh, one of these lakes in Nevada, the 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 Lake Powell or whatever it is. That's Kid Rock. His Ted Nugent's kids when they get a pontoon boat. Ted Nugent mm-hmm. fans' kids when they get a pontoon boat, they roll out these man man made lakes and rock. Uh, a, a talented but very systemy Kid Rock. I hear you. That's another thing. Is like when does uh, I think our mutual pals uh, uh, Coley and Tyler um, over there from Barstool um, that one of the, one of those guys made an interesting point about um, oh about Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Like at what point did he just suddenly not was he not the best because. Right. At about 1980, there would be no debate who the greatest player of all time was. And then it's just like nobody past a certain age, like would even acknowledge Kareem. Like, wait, right. what? Right. And and there are bands that are like that, too. Like, it was cool when I was a kid. R.E.M. was was known to be great. And it was like, you listen to R.E.M.? Like, oh, you're not mainstream or whatever. Um, and uh, one of their ones that falls kind of in the middle of uh, of their run is automatic for the people. And I don't love the, re- it's, it's not one of those ones that you should listen to anytime. I would advise you listen to any of their first four or five records, but automatic for the people, for some reason, when it rains outside, when it's gray outside at any point during that day, or even at the early stages of the 19, when the 19 came into our lives a couple of few months ago, I think I tweeted out in the very early going of this, that the automatic for the people 
will be the defining soundtrack if if you put it on a couple of times over these next few weeks. So Listen, yeah, I, I'm not one of these people that thumb my nose at REM. I know there's some people that look at them kind of sideways. It's not for them. Give me for system, and they become a system band. I hate to say this because if you go back and listen to Green Day, Green Day has some really good stuff, but it's totally become a band absorbed uh, by people making graduation slideshows, PowerPoints. (laughs) That's a great point. I feel like, did they lend that to Seinfeld? I remember even Seinfeld used uh, Time of My Life on the the last Mm -hmm. episode or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, it's weird. Like, do do bands pursue that or does somebody reach in and say, is that okay if we use their song? That's That's a great point. Yes, they have completely turned from this punk band to mainstream thing that I bet you you'd see people over more people over 40 than under 40 if you went to one of their shows at this point. Well, now it's like going to a Pearl Jam show uh, and I'm one of the younger people, but you know, we went, I went to see Pearl Jam at Scott Trade and it was all white dudes about 42, looked like really friendly, cool dudes. And they were all just, it was a very monolithic crowd. Uh, and Pearl Jam, by the way, one of the best live bands. Ever. I, I've seen them a couple of times way back when I was living in Chicago. But yeah, the um yeah, they are they are great live. Um you made a good point too about uh here's the mature decision. We I don't think people who are 21 do this or 18 or anything. I remember at some point you said, like, I don't want to have to explain are you into this music, whoever you're seeing the live show with. At some when I moved from Chicago to LA. I made an important decision because I had all my chums and I didn't really know anybody in Los Angeles. So part of it was I didn't have a choice in it, but I still wanted to see these bands play. And I remember I went to see Modest Mouse and uh, got spit on or close to spit on by the front man. Um, but I decided <laughs> early on in my in my Los Angeles days, I'm not dragging anybody else. Then I have to worry, are they enjoying it? And then I'm oh, like, oh, I'm not in. I, I don't want or if I'm not into it and they are like. I so I just started to go by myself, and I found that very liberating. Again, people I'm, who are twenty one wouldn't do that, but I do that. I, I I started to get into that when I got to LA. I'm a solo, just about everything guy. Okay, other than like podcasts, I much more enjoy having people on than hearing myself talk for an hour. It fucking sucks when it's just me, and I'm almost a sh- like you, you know how you hate to hear your own voice. Yeah, I I just it's an hour of it. That's the only thing I like doing with other people: concerts, restaurants. Drinking at a bar, I'd love to, I, I would die to belly up to a dive bar, you know, bar top right now and just smash eight to 10 Stellas all by myself. Get to know the bartender. And, and it's just even the movies. I'll go to the movies alone. My wife. Oh, hates, yeah. My, I go to the movies by myself. I go to, I go to, I, I will go to bars by myself. That's exactly right. That's living. That's living is what it is. And you don't have, there's no baggage worrying about, or is the other person enjoying this? Because I also, I've, I don't know about you, but I'm the type of person that I feel responsible for other people's happiness, which is a bad thing. That's the word, right. Especially if it was like, you got to check out. I remember I went to see, I dragged a couple of guys to go see John Spencer Blues Explosion. And I thought they were great. We we're watching it. It was at the El Rey. Oh, that's where I saw that Modest Mouse show too. Now that I think about it. Um, and I remember about halfway through the show, I thought it was terrific. And I, and I asked, I'm like, this is great, right? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh man, now what do I have to leave? Cause you're not into it or, you know, and that was the moment that yeah. I decided no more. Why am I dragging people to this? It's the worst. It's just the worst. 
Who's up? Uh, I, I just had the I just had Green Day. Uh, well, I'll be here now if you want me to. I I, I w- we were also talking about um, uh, this is going to like you said. I'm from Pittsburgh. I did want to get to the controversial take that I have that has made me an enemy to some of my compatriots from the banks of the Three Rivers. <laughs> So the Steelers, they play the stick the stick song Renegade to motivate the defense at a criti- critical moment in the second half when when the defense wants to get a stop. The song is good at it at, at its beginning. It's like, oh, da, 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 da. but then it kicks in and it's a real cheese ball song. I have long said, why not Iron Man? You want to talk about intimidating sound? That would be the song. And they're called the Steelers. It's so on the nose. I don't understand why they're not doing it. I, I and by the way, Matt Barkley last year as the backup QB for the Bills, when they played Renegade, he mocked the crowd by waving his, uh, his Buffalo Bills um, cape in the sky, and then the Bills shut down. They 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 went and scored a touchdown on the Steelers. That's the football equivalent of jumping the shark. When Matt Barkley's mocking you, then it's no longer intimidating. Yeah, anyway, yeah. move on. You know what? And that was one of those twelve nine games, right? I remember. I think something I, like that. Yeah, I think they, I probably had the over. I remember watching this game last year. Right, uh, definitely went under. Right. Okay, so my my system bands. I'll run through the rest of my system Go. bands because I've got. I still had a few left. Maroon Five, consumer music, department stores, nice department stores. You know, I like Adam Levine. He's talented. I hear he's a great dude. Uh, but I do not like Maroon Five Maroon Five's music, and uh, I think it's just department store music, upscale. I don't like it, but I, I think if I were to like, if, if if somebody said circle the song that you unironically enjoy that you know um, would probably people might make fun of you, but won't go home tonight by Maroon Five is that song for me. I do. I'm not a fan of their music in general, and like you, yes, I've heard that Adam Levine Levine is a a dynamite fella, but dynamite. Uh, yeah. I heard. Yeah, the 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 music is that you like him because he's got a sleeve like you. So, he's one of those guys. I think we've talked about the guys. I see now you um, don't be creeped out. You fit into the category for me of um, like, oh, if I saw you walking down the street, I would be like, oh, that's a handsome fella. Yeah, well, um, yeah I hope so. I work on it. Adam Levine, I would never know it. And then people tell me like, what are you crazy? Women are like, oh, he's the one of the mo- like, most universally attractive men and i can't tell i can't tell that leonardo dicaprio is a good looking dude at all that's another good one i can't tell i man like you you know certain certain dudes they just you know brad pitt everybody knows brad pitt's that's right the goat like every chick loves brad pitt but leo like i don't i don't get the thing bro i don't get the thing i i i get like listen tom brady to me i think we talked about this the last time i was on here people are going to start getting ideas the um I say Tom Brady won, and G- I asked Brady and Jimmy G um, who was more handsome between the two of them, and they both demurred. They were too modest. They both thought themselves. Yeah, but they, but they yeah, and they did that really vain, like, I don't know. Look, oh, look. Oh, no. How would I ask <laughs> everybody else? And so I said, all right, I'm going to ask we everybody We both have else. butt chins. We both have dimple chins and, yeah, oh, tall. It is weird. I see Tom Brady to me. Handsome Jimmy G would never know it. Delightful fella, delightful fella. But everybody's like, "Why you don't know that Jimmy G?" Is Jimmy handsome? G like, is into the late night rendezvous at Italian restaurants uh, with with AVN actresses. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, got, I will say I asked Bronk, I asked, I asked Vince Wilfork, 
who was more handsome? And he's like, I don't know. I don't judge dudes. And he yelled at me and got mad at me. And then, and then I asked Gronk and he's like, I don't know. Let me, Jimmy G's nice looking. And they looked over at Brady and Brady stood up as he did with his back to me. Like even from behind, look at him. Young. And I was like, <laughs> Brady's so funny. Before I get to my next one, Brady is so funny because Brady had this bathrobe that he like plucked from the nicest hotel in the world and would wear it. He was the only guy with a bathrobe in the Patriots locker room. It's like people are always like, tell me something about Brady that's weird or, you know, something that you would count against him that he wears a bathrobe in an NFL locker room. I mean, he's <laughs> like, he's like uh, Lloyd and Harry at the hotel in Aspen. <laughs> at all right, so that's, me- that's great. That's a good that little detail. Yeah, actually. yeah. I owe you that. That there's a car. That there's as good as a convertible. That's an IOU. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Um, Aerosmith. Aerosmith to me. I'm not a big fan of Aerosmith. Period. Except for Dream On. Um, they basically are synonymous with Miss Doubtfire for me. Uh, and also, Dewalt yellow boomboxes. The construction man's boombox. Aerosmith is blaring uh, out of construction sites across America. FM radio waves. Nobody actually owns the music. It's just on the radio. Yeah, Aerosmith is not for me on any level. And it's this is a super detailed one. The only place it works for me is when they show up in Days to Confuse. When you hear when when, when they, and you talk about a great soundtrack, uh, that's a great one. There are very few bum songs on on that one. They work in some Skinner and they that that's uh, a period specific one. And Aerosmith plays in that movie. In that movie alone, yeah. otherwise, no use for them. The only other one that I would get to, and it's funny because I think you could pl- apply this to almost any band is, and I think a lot of people get seduced by this effect. They go and see the band live, and they're like, "You got to see them live, man." Most bands are going to sound good live, better than they sound if you're listening to them on a CD, unless they're completely inept. Yeah. Remember, the, in Pulp Fiction, the band that nobody had ever heard of until that movie came out was Urge Overkill. Mm-hmm. They, they almost literally couldn't play their instruments. So they were an exception to, like, they were terrible. Really? But, um, but for the most part, like, the only place, that, and talk about supposedly who has a universally um, great reputation, is Dave Grohl. But I do not get Foo Fighters. I don't get the Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters, every song sounds the same. Okay, verbatim. I had this conversation with my boys in the group text. Shout out to the group text. You know who you are. Um, And they said, I said, what are the Foo Fighters? Because I respect the Foo Fighters. Mm -hmm. I I don't like listening to them, but I know they're good. And they, they put their finger on it. They said, I think Dave Grohl is such a goat that everybody's just like, hey, well, it's Dave's thing. It is the coolest thing. It's like Bo Jackson or something like that, or Deion Sanders. And so it's so it, it it's such a fascinating career arc that he has that it's like, wait, he was the drummer in Nirvana, and then he yep. went and did that. He fronts this this even you know arguably commercially more successful band. But the bottom line is, yeah, they either are rocking real hard or they're doing the same songs in acoustic. But if they're doing if they're doing a rock set, I find one song indistinguishable they're too, indistinguishable they're too clean that the, the sound's right. too clean i wish they brought more of the seattle sound into foo fighters and some my guy don't. my guy eddie spaghetti put it well he's like this is what if you're 14 years old and you're being introduced to rock and roll you would go wild for it yeah yeah, yeah. and some people really like it and again this isn't one that i'm um, I'm, I'm not shitting on the foo fighters because dave grohl is a goat and people love it 
Uh, Mariah Carey, she is a Christmas song person now. And Mariah Carey is, is, has a great career. You, you'd have some people that'd be outraged at me throwing her in this conversation. But to me, Christmas is, is what really takes her stuff to the next level. Um, Journey. Journey is a closing time song. No semisonic. I'm not this semisonic is strictly closing time. I mean, that's all they are. But Journey is north of the Mason Dixon line bar, like Manny Unk outside Philly or like, uh, you know, Hoboken type bar. It's got to be post college, but not 40 year olds. And it's Journey, 2 a.m. Yeah, D- Journey gets slept on. Again, that's one of those bands that kind of transitions more and more um into being more and more pop and cheese ball like faithfully kind of era like mm-hmm. faithfully that by then they're they're complete garbage but check them out um as they as they first start to break they're way better than they get credit for um when, when they first kind of form uh when what's his name neil uh what's his name leaves uh santana to to join up with journey that that they're good it, well, I love it, I love Wheel in the Sky. I mean, like these songs. Yeah. Sure, I mean, like they're it's the it's the to, to the point. You know, the the age appropriate thing. You would think, okay, older folks like my parents' age would be blasting Journey on their back porch, but it's like they grew out of Journey, and Journey was passed on subconsciously. It's like a conversation that never happened between white suburb, suburban parents and their college age kids. They just like Journey, and they they didn't grow up with it. It like parents grow out of it, kids grow into it. It's the weirdest thing, the journey mm. effect. It's a closing time, you know, sing along, feel good. I'm I'm beer drunk. At Man, 2 and that's a great point. That is really interesting. That uh, you're you're exactly right. That there's something through osmosis and pop culture. It's not just the Sopranos finale. You can't just describe it to to that specific thing that brought journey back because it's also got some of that stadium or arena rock thing to mm-hmm. it because a lot of people um love don't stop believing people latched onto that song a lot of teams did for some i also think it's weird as a side note that outside of detroit which gets which is invoked in the song the wings would play that but then it got weird when other City started playing that song. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Very like but, the Dropkick Murphys are. They belong in Boston and only in Boston. Have some dignity for, for sure. And I can't stand the song. Uh, you know, like it, they would play it at practice in New England, and it was like just cold. I was just like, what? We get it. Like the, sailor, the Dropkick Murphys, they would. He lost his leg. Is that the? I really dislike it. I really, I. I dislike it too. Now, the, the other thing I thought about was Tom Petty, after he died, a lot of stadiums were playing, uh, you know, I won't back down going into like the fourth quarter. And I've always been a Tom Petty fan, but mm-hmm. not, not like that. And that hit hard. I don't know what it was about his passing, the, the untimeliness of it, or the fact they would play it at stadiums. Florida plays it a lot at the Swamp. I remember week 17, uh, I'm in a meaningless game. It's zero degrees. We've got home field locked up, and these assholes are playing me in the fourth quarter with like a bunch of 23-year-olds. And I'm just sitting there like, how much do you love football? And it's the end of the third quarter. People are going batshit crazy in, 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 at the link, as they always do. It's like nine to six. The game means nothing. I got to tackle Zeke Elliott. You know, Jason Witten's out there. We're like, what are we doing? And I'm just crouching down, and they play this song, and I'm like, 
don't back down, man. You know, you got one more quarter. Your year's almost over. It was just <laughs> the perfect. And everybody was singing along. It. Tom Petty at a stadium. They could play that thing for it for eternity. I would love it. I, I, that is super interesting to me. Cause I've talked to, we, we talk about like renegade as a, for instance. And I say like, that's, it's such a fan specific thing. The players don't care was always my assumption. And I've asked like, I mean, like Ike Taylor, I'm like, Ike, come on. What do you think about the sticks playing? Did that ever, he's like, come on, Sheck. That's the song. Like he, Dude. he, he meant it. And they, and to a man, they would get jazzed up by that song. And at, even though I think it's a, a silly song, I love the idea. So you guys on the field are feeling the music and yeah, it matters dude. to you and all Hell that. Yeah. Hell yeah. And like, you know, like in Camp Randall, if I was a Wisconsin player and they were playing jump, I would be going batshit crazy. In college, it was really big. If you remember turn of the century, Zombie Nation. OK, it's hmm. the song. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Soccer game. They were playing it at like every college football and I don't know how I jumped up and down continuously my my aerobic uh capacity must have been crazy circa 03 but we would jump up and down through the whole and the whole crowd would do that too like there's nothing that charges you up more I think some of these stadiums nail it some of them are lame New Orleans has some good music they, they play some yin yang twins or something down there uh and people know you're in New Orleans when you hear it so it depends on the stadium Sweet Caroline is is it's creepy to me that they're, they're, they sing that song uh, with such fervor up there. The lyrical work of Neil Diamond needs a proper investigation. We, you know, I, I, might, I may be the whistleblower. I think it's bring it to federal I think some bad things were turned up, but people are acting like nothing happened. I, okay, this is controversial. Chris Christopherson, he's one of my favorites of all time. He's one of the best songwriters of all time. True. I'm not saying he's system, like he's dependent on this system, but he's perfect with a strong... Brown liquor buzz, uh, Sunday morning coming down for the hangover. And I'm not talking like an uncomfortable hangover where you have to pop an Excedrin, like your late 20s hangover, where you're definitely closer to death than you ever were binge drinking in your life. But it feels like victory, right? Like there's something about that, that worn out, but I, you know, I'm up, I'm, I'm here. And like, yeah, that for me, there were some times where I was like, could this be the day? And, you know, I'm just going <laughs> to listen to Sunday morning coming down on my laptop. <laughs> Uh, as, as I sweat this thing out, silver tongue devil just gets me in the mood to belly up to a bar and just get drunk. And, uh, this is, uh, Chris at his best for me, but he's great. Anytime. OAR 40 year old plus dudes getting together, probably at a cabin or somewhere lame where their wives have, uh, mitigated the risk of a bunch of idiotic 40 year old dudes who haven't seen each other, seen each other since college getting together. They're all married. They got a pass to do something really lame. Boy, oh, that's, I love, I, I love the specificity. It really, uh, it really sells it for me. And that's, I, I I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I can't say that I'm, uh, I'm steeped in Christopherson, um, knowledge, but I know you're, um, huge on that sound. So I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I have, uh, I'm just looking here to see if Fleetwood I have any Mac more. Fleetwood Mac is just for people doing cocaine, I'm pretty sure. But I do like Fleetwood Mac and I don't do cocaine. So that doesn't make sense. <laughs> but I just picture that there's always somebody doing a line of something. Is that right? I, what, what, why does that association come probably to Probably because Stevie Nicks doesn't have a septum. Ah, that makes sense. See, you, you, you go literal with some of these. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's also very moody 3 a.m. music. And for me, it's moody with, with the rest of the bottle of whatever it is. But for some people, it might be moody with uh, 
with the powder. Uh, ICP, okay, Insane Clown Posse is definitely a system band, and the system is Michigan. It's just, I don't know why I picture, <laughs> like, the, the world capital of Juggalos is in Michigan. Maybe it's because my tattoo artist is from Michigan. Shout out to Ben Around Tattoos, and he tells me there's a lot of Juggalos up there. But it's ICP is just a Michigan group. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of the ones that uh, never have I been more embarrassed and see now it doesn't, I, I always hated that Bon Jovi when they would go on a national tour, they could sell out four nights at three river stadium or wherever. It's like, why does, why does the hub for Bon Jovi have to be Pittsburgh? That's a, kind of that's, embarrassing. That's embarrassing for us as a people. You know, I, I, that, that's not how we want to be known. Come on. Let's, let's, uh, Listen, and, when I, when I called my college coach, Al Groh, who I love like a, a dad. Uh, and his ring back, ring back. He has a ring back, and it's Bon Jovi. Uh, it's uh, it's my life, or whatever, whatever it is. That whole Parcells tree <laughs> loves that song, uh, and loves Bon Jovi. Everybody loves Bar- Bon Jovi and the Parcells Belichick tree. And uh, I, I was like, damn, coach. You know, I wondered what it was that would ruin our relationship. At some point, it's been perfect to this point. <laughs> the Jovi. Um, that was a great era when every. Not that they count as a hair band, but when all those terrible, I hated all, that whole era of music, the like 85 to 89 Guns N' Roses really pulled pop music in, in a good direction. And without them serving as a bridge, I don't know that grunge would have ever hit in a massive way. Yeah. Um, but what ran up to that with all that like Motley Crue and, and Poison stuff was just, and people still talk about nostalgia and it reminding you of that time. A lot of people in Pittsburgh, apparently, that, those were the halcyon days for a lot of Pittsburghers because they yeah. love that poison and all. I was like, ugh. Yeah, and, and like I'm at a hockey game in, in 2020 in the play. I'm like, What's, cut that out. This is embarrassing. Dude, it makes my head hurt. I like it's music that literally hurts my head. So I guess I guess campfire would be a would be a classification that I want to hit. That's we've a good got, one. We've got for me, Harvest. Um is uh, the Neil Young banger is the perfect fireplace album. Steven Stills acoustic set at Shepherd's Bush. Uh, there's a song he does called Treetop Flyer, which I could listen to on repeat. If you've ever heard Treetop Flyer, I could listen to it in front of a fire for an hour straight. CCR, long as I could see the light or any of their stuff, really. And then if somebody plays Time of the Preacher by Willie Nelson by a fire, it's like... It's like my soul exits my body and I'm hovering over the, the entire uh, you know, bucolic nighttime scene. I got my bottle. I'm with you that that is like that, that I'm not a religious guy, but that's as close to religious as I get. When you, feel in, when you feel present like that to that degree and the soundtrack to it and all that. Yeah, I, I, there's something about that. Yeah, that, and the music you're describing, all those bands seem like they come from the same place and cowboy uh, tv man that's what they called the the fire is that it's, what it is it's yeah. cowboy tv you just sit by it and it, it's captivating it's for somebody with add to the level i have add there's nothing that makes me sit still not even tv but that fire you get some time of the preacher if you get some seminal wind by john anderson and that's mm. a very system song uh, Seminal Wind by the Fire, uh, Angel from Montgomery I had on my little fire playlist. I went back, I actually have a campfire playlist. Man, that's great. I'd like to see that whole playlist. You should I'll, make I'll that. Send, I will send it to you. You um, should. I like. Yeah, you should post that on Spotify or wherever and and uh, let people jump in on that. That's a great idea. Get some Spotify going, like some joint venture Spotify stuff. 
I'm down for that. That's a, but man, yeah, you're exactly right. Some of those, the simple, happier times in my life have been spent around the the campfire with some, uh, with some chums at night and, and listening to music like that. And it, uh, and four hours goes by in the blink of an eye and you don't know what happened. Like that. And then you wake up in the morning smelling just gorgeous, like a, like, I love that smell. Firewood and, uh, and you got a nice hangover, but you you almost feel better for having gotten drunk outside. What about childhood before we, before we wrap it up? Because I had a few that, that remind me of, of, of being a kid or, you know, my parents' music. What, what did your parents listen to? Um, I remember going, we would drive um, from Pittsburgh to the Atlantic Ocean somewhere, sometimes Ocean City, Maryland. Sometimes I remember one year we drove to Cape Cod. Um, one year we drove to uh, South Carolina, or a couple of years we drove to South Anyway, these long road trips that we would go on. And the old man, and it was eight tracks. That's how long ago it was. The old man had Sinatra and uh, my mother had um, Barbara Streisand. And we would hear wow. a lot of those. And, um, and oh, and also some Kingston Trio. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would hear those and we would spin those. And, and if I hear those, they, it's funny because I wrote down for this Frank Sinatra on a Sunday evening having dinner with, uh, with my kids. And I guess that direct line is it reminds me of my old man and me being a kid with my old man. I guess that explains that, that it's kind of like a take stock of, where you are in life and like uh, the summer winds are playing or like when I was 17 yeah. <laughs> and so, there's something about that. You're kind of like, where am I as a man? You know, you make a great point. You, you're thinking about your parents and it does take you to like, where am I in life? Cause I'll start relating how old I am to how old my parents were when I used to hear this album, you know, like, and there's a few albums for me that, that are so my parents, whether it was Tunnel of Love, okay? For me, mm. The Boss, not one of his most celebrated albums, but I think it's one of his best. Uh, he basically made it a country album uh, and just killed it. My dad's boat in the summer in Montana, no humidity, crisp air. You know, it's just, it's bolo, it's, it's like bolo tie uh, music. And he has, I think, a bolo on the, on the cover, which is one of the coolest covers. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's a banger. We used to ride around and we had a red Suburban. Red, old, old choice. Uh, and in the tape deck was best of, of shot A. Stuck in there. Hmm. Howie Long's red Suburban. I was just going to say, I was, ho- I was hoping for Howie's, uh, his profile that it was your mom's car. Wait, Howie used to get behind the wheel of the Suburban? Red Suburban. I mean, it was definitely like the family truck. But when we, when we were oh, like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of a minivan. Okay, a no, Suburban no, no, no. is a oh, big Chevy Suburban, right. which was definitely okay. the fa- it was the family truck. But we had uh, we had we had the the best of shot a uh, which was uh, no ordinary love, smooth operator, and then August and everything after was a big one in the mid '90s in the Long family round here, Omaha and Mister Jones out of the gate bangers that one two three punch that's seriously an album you might have to fire up tonight dave i listen i respect that one <laughs> i mean uh, th- this is i you might want to cut this that's not for me I, I i abide by a no jive policy but you might want to cut this is how he's not gonna like this getting out what the, you don't best like the shot a no best the shot a well oh, best the shot a shot a is is damn good dude 
Howie Long was a scary guy, even on a football field. And he's driving around shot. Hey, that's Michael that's Jordan. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan listened to Anita Baker and then ran out of the tunnel and called Scott Barella ho for three hours and just terrorized grown men. It's just, you know, they just have eccentric. Uh, that's more that makes it more embarrassing for the people, for the guys they vanquished. That's like it's like <laughs> he got the best of me. What was he listening? Shot A. Like Shot A. Oh, no nah. ordinary. This is no ordinary love all the way to the Coliseum. <laughs> that's, that's the best. That's the- <laughs> and then and then Hootie and the Blowfish, man. Cracked rear view. Cracked rear view. We loved cracked rear view. Oh, you had an excuse. You were 11. I don't know what 75's excuse was. <laughs> that's so bad, dude. I will say one thing. I'll say one thing for mood and nostalgia and everything else. My transition... From like I grew up, all I ever knew was um, as a little kid was like, oh well, the the teams that we like are the good ones. The Steelers yeah. are good. Pitt football is always good. The Pirates with Pop Stars are always good. And then the '80s came around, and I was like, wait, what? Ha- these teams aren't good anymore. What right. gives? And um, the thing that bridged it for me was the old NFL films uh, inside the NFL with Len Dawson and uh, Nick Bonacani. And that more importantly, the Sam Spence music. And I think that I, I never have actually done this, but I want to get all that Sam Spence NFL films and just drive around. I think that is the soundtrack to my life. I think I'd be a better man if I drove. You know around. what? You know, what's funny earlier. I said that uh, I said that I hadn't heard that, but I do know the Dave Dave Damashek football program likes the old, old, old music, right? You, you guys. Oh, like I love it. I love it. So. Which is great because you've had access to that stuff. I mean, it's a it's it's amazing stuff. The footage that that you've been able to work with and the music, it's seriously. I mean, that's some of my favorite stuff. It it it's the best. It's Sam Spence is the guy who makes all the music, almost all the music that you love if you've seen all that old NFL film stuff. And then it's either John Facenda saying something like, "There are twenty seven teams in pro football," (laughs) and then. They are the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, it's the grand. Like I, I every time I hear it, I run through a wall. Like I'm, yeah. uh, like I'm the Kool Aid Man, and I'm going nowhere. But it gets me enthused. And um, yeah, that that stuff's the best. By the way, if there are no fans in the stands for football games this autumn, maybe they should just play NFL films music in throughout. the background. Maybe that's it. You nailed it. Because I was going to say the league does not need to hear some of the things that we say on the field. I everybody who's advocate what well, but it was so great what Phil said to to Tom I'm like I think the the discourse will be much less pleasant <laughs> that ain't how it goes here's one more Howie Long in a football song or two Howie Long tells me that he they used to listen to in the locker room in high school uh, they used to crowd around uh, I don't know back then it was probably a record player and, or a tape player but it was Stairway to Heaven with the lights off before they went out and that was probably pretty universal at that point so there were times in my career where I used to listen to Stairway and time it up so you know that sequence that everybody and, and as we wind on down the road would be right before Fish would tell us to go out of the tunnel and I would just get chills it was almost primal. It was like a, a journey situation that there was there was no conversation needed. It was just passed on from from one generation to the next. My football songs, though, uh, probably my favorite would be late in my career was Death Row, which was a sta- which was a Chris Stapleton song, not Death Row. The, the oh, I thought I thought you were saying yeah, okay. Death Row is a Chris Stapleton song. It's one of his best songs, and it's very slow. But me and Fletch 
used to sit in the corner locker room. He'd be like, fire that up for me. We'd fire it up. And it'd be the last thing you listen to death row by Chris Stapleton for the Eagles fans out there. That's what me and 91 would get fucking hyped to the, those two years. Now dreams and nightmares uh, is a brilliant one in Philly as well. The Meek Mill song, which basically blew the top off the stadium and killed the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, that song uh, was the Minnesota Vikings Wikipedia page should read, you know, uh, whatever the, the, the team, the team's inception was through that night. And uh, Nick Foles, and Meek Mill killed the Vikings. So I think we ran the gambit. I mean, for people that like music, uh, I, you, you had to enjoy all these references because, and I've got a bunch more, but we, we uh, you know, Dave's got things to do. He's got to go listen to August and everything after. Yes. Uh, I got to I gotta get on some Radiohead, right? That's, that's my homework. And by the way, Dave, I've got one parting note on Hotel California here mm-hmm. uh, from my other more age-appropriate uh, producer. He said, Steely Knives just can't kill the beast is widely believed to be a knock against Steely Dan, who were challengers to the throne at that point in the 70s. Oh, Steely Dan, another one. Very specific, but we want we don't have to do that now. Los Angeles, <laughs> they've started to open up all the places. I'm going to go get a beer alone. Well, I'm going to go with Nicey. So I'm going to oh, go, yeah, go with your imaginary friend. <laughs> going to go put some coins in the jukebox, fire up some crows, dude. Yeah, buddy. Get, get some crack rear view. Uh, you know, by the way, uh, I thought for the longest time, I, I didn't understand the Dolphins reference when the Dolphins make me cry that Darius Rucker dropped on. Uh, what song was it? It's not a good song. Man, uh, don't make me cry. Yeah. I, I, was like, I, do. I was like, what about marine life makes this cat sad? And I didn't realize that he's actually a Dolphins fan. And the irony, the biggest irony in all this is Darius Rucker became a meme when he cried at a South Carolina basketball game. <laughs> he was he was telling his truth in that yeah song. but i i didn't realize that you know there are multiple teams make this cat cry by the way when i was a kid and i was a penguins fan when i was a kid whoa 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 i didn't know about this you yeah, like 66 no i was a penguins fan um and uh wait well who was your guy then yager and oh yeah um, oh so yeah your age that makes sense right and lemieux uh okay but but listen, it made no sense. It was a front-running thing for me, and I just loved the black and the yellow, and uh, I cried like a baby when, when y'all lost to the Florida Panthers uh, in the – would it have been the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah. I mean, I, I call them the Wales Conference Finals, but yes, that that is I, – I, that's one of the great missed opportunities for a sport. You could have had the high-flying 66, 68 Pittsburgh Penguins with, with, with this all-time collection of talent play either – Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg in, from Colorado, or you almost got the Wings Penguins, that high-flying bunch from Detroit. Right. That could have been your final. Instead, you got the Florida Panthers against the Colorado Avalanche in their first year. What Terrible. a bum one that Terrible. one was. I, but I like you better now that I heard about this Penguins job. Well, it's uh, funny because I think back, and I'm always embarrassed to tell the story because I felt like I was 15 or 16. I was like 10, so it's all good. It's okay to cry when you're 10 over sports. Dave Damashek, Dave's is Thunder. You can check him out on uh, Twitter.com. He has a tremendous feed. He, he, he crushes everything he does, and I love doing lists and music stuff with you. Dave, we'll get you back, and thank you for coming on. Oh, man, you're the tops. Um, and, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, let's do it uh, sooner rather than later. Meantime, get on that Spotify list. I think, I'm uh, on it, bro. I'm going to be on swoon. Be on it late night. Tomorrow night, I'll be by the fire camping with my son, and uh, we will we will throw in some Radiohead. Dave, have a great night, brother. You too, pal, and, uh, and wish Waylon all the best.
Okay. Dude, thank you.